0: My Year of Bad Sex. Written and read by me, Jonathan Izard. Part 14. Sean liked me. He looked lovely. Sweet smile and gorgeous eyes. I showed his photo to some friends and we joked about him being husband material. When the wedding would be, what font we'd have for the invitations. He lived in Birmingham, but would soon be visiting his mother-in-law. I liked him back, and we had a nice text conversation, with plenty of laughs and compliments. We agreed to talk later, as I was about to get on the tube and travel home. When I got in, only half an hour later, the first thing I did was to check my availability on the dates Sean had said he'd be in town. I did, and then picked up my phone. It disappeared. Sean, with the sweet smile and laughs and compliments, had disa goddamn peered what the actual fuck? Our conversation had gone, his photo had gone, his entire profile had gone. We'd had laughs about him not having a brummy accent, about a photo of him in a giant chair and whether he was actually three feet tall and could sit in my lap. I checked and checked. No Sean, no way to find him, and no way of knowing why he'd done a bunk. Such a sense of loss, of insult, so brutal and unexplained. Don't take it personally, others say. It is fucking personal. Saidul got in touch, responding to a message from eight days ago. He said he was desperate for a bear. I checked. Bear or beer? I'm a daddy, but even with the beard, I don't have the kilos to be a bear. However, he said, bear. We progressed along expected lines, but when I offered him coffee, drink, massage, he asked, why bother to give him those alternatives, when we both knew they'd all end up with him on his knees? Praying, I said. Yes, for more. He explained he didn't drink alcohol, and was just looking for a hookup. Just sex and then leave? Yes, but he also wanted to feel a big man cuddling next to him as the perfect way to start a day. I said that, well, yes, maybe he could stay over. He wanted to know more about me, who I was, what I did, and what I liked. I began to tell him, and then he disappeared. Dis goddamn also peered. What the also actual fuck? Our entire conversation evaporated from my screen, along with his photo and his identity. Ghosted again, so ruthless, so severe. You bastard I shouted at my phone, blaming the messenger. Gone. That's it. No gradual withdrawal. Backing away. No explanation or discussion along the lines of, this isn't working for me, or any attempt to behave decently. Just so fucking rude. Men are all bastards, apart from you and me, obviously, as I've said to friends on many, many occasions. And, let me remind you, I have never, ever pulled the vanishing act on anyone else. I am Mr Manners, who does have the exit discussion, the gentle pulling back, with kindness and courtesy. Yes. Yes. Even on Grinder. When did pulling the plug become acceptable? Because it's not, not to me. Govind appeared on Tinder. Originally I'd swiped left, but he liked me, so I changed my mind. Yes, I'm that resolute. His face was unusual, a bit like Ed Miliband. I know you're thinking, could he introduce you to his better looking brother? But they were the kind of features that went from weird to strikingly idiosyncratic in the squint of an eye, which he didn't have. He called me handsome, and admired my chest and arms. He was very keen to meet. I told him, I'm looking for fun, my heart is not available. We met at Rupert Street for a drink, two drinks in fact, although I don't know why the second, there was no point, no spark. He was more weird than striking, and as I listened to him and watched the way he moved, talked and behaved, it struck me he was less like a milliband and more like the love-child of Simon Cowell and Victoria Wood. Govin worked in management consultancy, was hyper in his speech, and had a powerful career drive, working like crazy, getting multiple degrees and going to three spin classes a week. He was also guarded, saying there were questions he wanted to ask but couldn't say out loud. You know what they are. So I found myself answering things he hadn't asked. Top, uncut, seven and a half, sixty-four. Any discretion I had was dissolved by the knowledge that this was going nowhere. The only thing I asked him was which newspaper he read, and even then he was evasive. A variety. Such as? It changes daily. He was clearly attracted to me and complimented me several times on my physique. He was angling for a massage, but even then was weird about it. Oh no, you couldn't touch my feet. All right. Or my scalp. Okay. Or my stomach. At one point I commented on his very smooth skin, and asked if I could touch his face. No. I tried again as we parted at the tube station, but he pulled away and said, Maybe next time. As if there'd be a next time. (music) Vlado came for his massage. I had exactly two hours spare from five to seven p.m. before work. I went through the usual do I or don't I fancy him as we chatted on the sofa with a cuppa and came to the usual conclusion. Nope. We talked about Kevin's naked dinner where we'd met. He was in total agreement with me about the house, the food, the party and Kevin. I felt vindicated. During the massage, I took my clothes off and let my cock flop into his hand a couple of times. He didn't hold it. He had a nice bum to work on and legs, too. There was no sexual buzz. I didn't get hard. When I turned him onto his back and worked down the front of his body, his cock stayed soft for a long time. He had nice, big, heavy balls, so I allowed myself to cup those for a while. His cock reared up. It was nothing special, to be honest, but it was gratifying to see it become erect. I held it. His eyes stayed closed. He didn't object. I stroked it a little. He muttered, I should warn you. I'm very sensitive. Do you want to come, Vlado? He paused, then shrugged, as if to say, Why not? I gave it another gentle pull, and suddenly it exploded, come shot in spurt after powerful spurt, up to his chest, over his chin, his face, his forehead, and then, as it subsided, over his chest and then his belly. I was reminded of those irrigation pumps that spit water onto crops in a regular beat with a tick-tick sound. Vlado lay immobile under the torrent, hardly flinching. On the other hand, I was ooing and eyeing like a kid at a firework display as the rockets pierced the sky. I also said, good boy, and fucking hell, quite a lot. Vlado went for a shower. Another shower. He had seemed less than enthusiastic for the happy ending, a bit half-cock, you might say. So I needed to check with him afterwards over wine. No, he didn't feel bad or awkward, even though that hadn't been his original expectation. He said we could repeat the massage experience sometime, but he'd prefer it ethical, non sexual. Oops. Sorry. He left at 6.57pm, three minutes before my deadline. I'm efficient, at least. <music> Razvan was a Romanian guy around 30 years old with gorgeous floppy blonde hair. He said he'd been drugged a week earlier and forced to suck a man's cock. Now he'd like to see if he enjoyed doing it sober. Please, could he try with me? Oh, give me a nanosecond to think about that. We made an appointment to meet in a couple of days at the tube station near me, as he was going to visit his mother in the hospital, which is also close by. Can we do it in the dark? he messaged. Sure. Why not? The night before our hookup, he said it might not work out after all. There followed a long explanation involving his brother, the consultant's availability, the date for chemotherapy, and the cost of the treatment. Any or none of it could have been true. And then he didn't turn up or send any more messages. Bye-bye, Razvan. Jack lived in Suffolk. He sent me a video of his plump, hairy ass twerking like a beating heart out of the body. Imagine me doing this on your cock. Um, no thanks. I asked to see his face. No, not one for me, with his comedy glasses and huge overbite. We did a bit of mutual dirty talk on Snapchat, so at least none of it would remain after the event. I felt I was doing charity work. Rafa got in touch. Portuguese lad, strong features and a cheeky smile. Confident, so confident. In his very first message he suggested a meeting. So you can give me a blowjob. But no, he wouldn't kiss or suck or be rimmed or fucked. It's a bit one-sided, I pointed out. Fairness at all times, after all. And his profile was lacking in much detail, image-wise. He soon sent a picture of himself naked. Very nice. Very impressive. He wanted a video call, but I was at work, between news bulletins. Go to the toilet, he texted. It was ten minutes before the news summary. But I did. We made contact, watched each other masturbate for a while, and I gave him my usual dirty talk as encouragement until he came. I returned to my desk in the newsroom, printed the summary, and went to the studio to tell the world about the latest Trump tantrum and Brexit brouhaha, all with an incongruously raging hard-on. Two minutes later I sent him a text agreeing to his initial proposal, the meeting, and the blowjob. But there was no reply, of course. He'd had what he wanted from me. Jonah lived in the Midlands and had left university after one term to switch courses. We talked a lot about education and the towns we both knew. I grew up in Warwickshire, before inevitably getting on the filth. Young Jonah wanted to talk about all the things he hadn't yet done, but was looking forward to. I remember that age, when the delights of gay connections, physical and emotional, were mysterious and desperately wanted. No apps or smartphones in my youth. It was a question of scrawling messages on the walls of cottages, as we called public toilets, known to host trolling action. Looking for cock. Me, 17. You, up to 25. Be here. Friday, 12th, at 2pm. Or later, responding to ads in the personal column of Gay News. Victoria Line. Tuesday, 10.30am. Me, grey jacket, green scarf, stubble. You, blue coat, briefcase, glasses, and guardian. We smiled. You got off at Pimlico. Drink? Box number... 585382. Did anyone ever make contact that way? Not to my knowledge. Jonah and I never did meet. You won't be at all surprised to know. I hope he found someone local, trustworthy, and kind to introduce him to the world he wanted to explore. That's what I mean about being a daddy, a good daddy, not a dangerous or punitive one, the kind a young man needs and deserves. Willie added his name to my list of letdowns. He sent me some pics of him and his mate, who'd both just done the same massage course. They looked friendly and appealing, especially Willie. His mate looked vaguely familiar, but the photos weren't that good, so I couldn't be sure. One image was of a pair of white swimming trunks with a massive bulge in them, but it wasn't clear whose trunks and whose bulge it was. When I asked, I got the reply, Oh, no, I didn't mean to send you that one. Sure, of course you didn't. Well, it got my attention, and we set up a date for the three of us to share a forehand massage. On the day in question, I went to a local salon to get my back waxed, and checked with Willie that we were all still on for 9pm. Yep. That evening I cleaned the flat, set up the table, put the towels to warm, and waited. And waited. Just after 9pm, Willie messaged me. What time were you thinking? We agreed nine o'clock. He apologised, said his work had let him down, changed his hours, etc, etc, blah, blah, blah. I suggested we set up another time so I can find out what's inside those trunks. And he said he'd get back to me. He didn't. Bastard. <laughs> Ted and I began to chat on Grinder. We arranged a date for a massage. Seemed nice enough, even though he had a lot of moles on his face. He also had a lot of questions. Do you like body hair? Should my butt be smooth or hairy? Are you a big pre-comer?" We met, we actually met, at the tube station. Some guys hug, some hug and kiss. Ted thrust out a hand to shake, saying urgently, "'Which way are we going?' and beginning to move off instantly, as if he were being pursued and had to get away. I have no idea what his reaction to me was, but mine to him was another nope. I didn't find him attractive at all, his looks or his character. But I'm British, well-mannered, middle-class, and a bit of a wuss, so I would go through with it. We had a drink, wine for me, water for him, and then I gave him a good, thorough, professional massage. He, it turned out, was American. Clean-cut and polite, but seemed to be on duty the whole time, unable to relax. When I lowered my mouth to his chest, he barked peremptorily, Not the nipples, sir! No biting, please! in the tone of a dog-trainer to an over-eager puppy, and later in a civil but oh-so-formal style, Do you mind if I get on all fours while you do that? It all felt so transactional, anti-intimate. There was no kissing. It was plain. That sort of mushy stuff was not on his agenda. He came, I didn't, and he didn't seem fussed by that. I was about to suck him for a last time, and he said, "'Don't do that for me. I mean, you don't have to.' "'I want to,' I said, and I meant it. I'm doing it for me.' I thought there might still be a hug at the door on departure. I was wrong. Instead, there was an exquisitely awkward moment when I opened my arms to hug him, and that was precisely the second he turned away to leave. What a disastrous evening, I thought. A week later, I had a message from Ted. I very much appreciated our time together. Is it possible we could do it again soon, please?' I was amazed. I replied with tact, kindness, and honesty. I said I'd also appreciated meeting him, but explained that the spark wasn't there, so I was declining his kind suggestion. However, you are a charming young man, and will not be short of admirers. I hope I was gracious, and I hope Ted was not offended.' Clyde came round the next day for a massage exchange. I wasn't bothered about receiving, giving being my thing, but it's what he wanted to do. He was late, which pissed me off, and as soon as I saw him I thought, Oh dear, those photos were flattering. He was around forty, but in the flat we were soon relaxed and laughing. As I reached up to a shelf to take down some crisps, he stood close behind me and reached around to rub his hand inside my shirt. After our drink and chat and nibbles, we adjourned for massage. First he gave me a back and shoulder rub. It was actually very good. His strokes weren't vague, but specific and differentiated. He gave a series of delicate kisses over my body as he progressed. Surprising, but rather nice. He lay on top of me at one point, too. Lovely. He also ran his hand up my bum crack a couple of times. I didn't wince. I wondered if I might rediscover that one day as an erogenous zone. We swapped over, and I took my more usual role. He was hairier than I expected, but had a fine body to massage, great glutes from all the tennis he played. Finally, at the end of the routine, I removed the last towel and saw his amazing, impressive dick. He used my name a lot and paid me compliments. That felt intimate and delightful. But we didn't kiss. I didn't fancy him, and I guess the feeling was mutual. After he came, we lay on the bed, cuddling. He revealed that he had someone who liked him, but not a partner and that he was still getting used to same-sex attraction and not being gay. Oh, and that he had two little ones, i.e. children. All slightly mysterious. Clyde also wanted to know my age, despite my obvious reluctance to go there. Eventually I told him the truth, the true truth, not the other version, and instead of being complimentary and kind, he threw it back at me with phrases such as No spring chicken and then lauded my appearance with charming comments that ended, for a man of your age, which I made clear were neither witty nor welcome. And yet he persisted. The twat. He wondered aloud if his staying the night was a good idea. It hadn't been offered and wasn't going to be, but speculated that I would think it was too soon for that. He was right. Maybe next time, I said. As a compromise, I walked him to the bus stop. At this point I'd had more sex in one week than in the five years since Oliver left. Not good sex, and not high-risk sex, but it was time to take some responsibility, so I booked a sexual health check at my local clinic, all of two minutes' walk from home. There was a small booth at the entrance, and a stunningly beautiful young man sat at the desk selling condoms, lube, and other accoutrements that a fashionable young metropolitan man might need, or even a randy old sod. I smiled at him, and he twinkled back, a look that would melt the cheese on pizza. It was all straightforward. The only surprise was how much the manner had changed in the decades since I was last a punter at one of these places. It used to be cloak and dagger. Now it was, rightly, a pragmatic and unashamed process. And STDs were now STIs. Diseases had become infections. I was reminded of the time when RI, religious instruction, morphed into RK, Knowledge. What is it now? A.W., I hope. Atheist wisdom. A friend, who had been a more frequent visitor to these places, advised me, When they ask your role, remember, you're either insertive or receptive. Okay? Okay. As I sat with the nurse, going through the questions and giving her my sexual history, I was ready for this one. Then she said, So, are you top or bottom? I stuttered. To t t t top Yes, I am I am, I, am, I am. I am, in fact. That's right.' She gave me a look, as if to say, "'What's your problem?' She made a click on her screen with the mouse. "'Do you do fisting?' she went on. "'And what about rimming?' As if inquiring whether I took milk and sugar, I stammered some more, wanting to say, "'A little light rimming, but no fisting, thank you.' I wasn't particularly concerned about my results, having done nothing considered high risk in this new sexual surge even though it was an anxious wait until my results came back. Chlamydia, throat, negative. Chlamydia, rectal, negative. Gonorrhea, throat, negative. Gonorrhea, rectal, negative. Chlamydia, urine, negative. Gonorrhea, urine, negative. HIV blood test, negative. I went to the shop at the clinic to get a proper supply of condoms, rather than buying packets of two or three at a time, in boots. The beautiful young man served me, mixed race, in his twenties, with a shy smile and sexy eyes. Slightly wonky teeth only added to his charm. It's not that hard to flirt with someone while buying a large box of condoms. After all, there are certain shortcuts that are built in. When he asked which size I wanted, my king size was declared with a certain panache. The unspoken offer being, find out for yourself, baby. There were one hundred and forty-four condoms in the box. One hundred and forty-four. Well, I said to the young man, that should last me a week or two. (laughs) He gave me an indulgent look, as if he'd never heard that line before. In truth, I was thinking, I won't live long enough to get through that lot. I'll have to leave them to someone in my will. We twinkled at each other as I left. Incidentally, you may wish to bookmark Condom Man for future reference. Our next contestant is Rishi. Come on down, Rishi. Nice face, taller than expected, but not dishy was Rishi. Good chat on the way from the tube to my place, where he was quickly into his underpants and wanting to undress me. I had a glass of wine while we talked. He didn't want anything, except to get his hands on me, it seemed. The massage, although he had a nice face and was a sweet man, I had to say that his body, although attractively brown, didn't turn me on. He was not well endowed and was already leaking copiously in anticipation, like a tiny tube of glue when you've forgotten to put the cap back on. I did the full massage, but with zero horny feelings. We crossed the line from sensual to sexual and moved from table to bed. Details? I scarcely remember. He was a kisser, which helped, but there was nothing memorable about the encounter. He came. He went. Hi Rishi. Bye Rishi. Furkan was my next victim. Sorry, my next deep and emotionally meaningful rendezvous. In fact, Furkan was not just another quick shag as I shall explain next time. My Year of Bad Sex is written and read by me, Jonathan Izard. The music and studio production are by Andy Mills. My Year of Bad Sex is a Protocol production.